interaction is what's essential for you to figure out how to meet your customer needs because it's not a matter of sitting at your table and enjoying the act of creating, okay? There's a lot of people out there who they just, you know, oh, I love to sew and I just want to sit here and I want to sew and, and, you know, my family loves my homemade things that I sew. You have to figure out how to market that. And to figure out how to market that, you have to figure out what your customers actually want. Biz Women Rock, episode 142. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am bringing you tremendous stories from business women all over the world in all sorts of different industries so they can talk about their business journey so yours can be inspired by it. Before we get rolling, here's a little word from our awesome sponsor. Are you tired of hearing how powerful LinkedIn is but have no idea and maybe not even that much desire to learn how to make it work for you? then you have got to get LinkedIn Focus. LinkedIn Focus is a powerful program that will give you the exact strategies needed to produce results for your business. Just go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. Now let's get into it. You are absolutely going to love my guest today. Her name is PJ Jonas and she started a company called Goat Milk Stuff. It has started and its main product is soap that is made out of goat's milk. And she's got a great story as to why that started. Um, Something unique about her company is the fact that all eight, yes, you heard me, eight of her kids work inside the business and are very active and big decision makers in the company. Um, And they started working as early as her youngest was two when, when she first started. So In this interview, she really goes into what it's like actually working with your family and um, creating a business um, that has started from something that you've created and how to grow that out. Um, This is just a fantastic story. She is now, she started making her first soap in 2006. She started the business in 2008. She is now a seven-figure business. And you will be overwhelmed as I was on how many wisdom pieces she just gives and gives during this conversation. Such a great um, piece of information about how to really engage your customer and how to make them super loyal to you and how to market. I mean, this girl just totally rocks. So hang on to your hats. Let's get going. Miss PJ, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. This is one of those rare opportunities that I have to actually look you in the eye. Most of these conversations for Biz Women Rock are actually audio only, and you and I are on Skype. I'm looking at you in the eyes. This is so cool. So I'm so happy that you're here. Um, I want to go ahead and just jump right in and get into your story because it's an amazing one. Um, Can you give a very brief introduction to your company and how the idea even got started? Okay, so my company is called Goat Milk Stuff. And people always laugh when they hear that because they're like, goat milk what? I said stuff. Because <laughs> what we do is we make primarily right now bath and body products. And it's primarily a bar soap out of goat milk. What kind of sets our business apart is the fact that I have eight children and they are all involved in the business. So when I say eight children, not eight grown children, they're all young. Right now, they go from age seven to 18. But when I started, it was 
like two to, I guess, what, 12. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's a little bit different, but um, that's what we do. We make we make goat milk soap and just sell it primarily on the internet worldwide. And you're not talking about like you guys aren't going and buying goat milk from the store. You have a, you have goats on your property in Indiana, so we're talking like the most organic from the farm, handmade from this family goat milk stuff, right? Yeah, so what happened was I had all the children in the bathtub one day, and there were like, I think, six at the time, and I was just letting them splash around, playing the bubbles, and for whatever reason, I picked up the baby wash that I had always used, looked at the ingredients, and I was appalled that it was full of chemicals and petroleum-based chemicals, and I just, I never realized that that was in there, and I said, that's it, I'm going to learn to make my own soap. So I started to do some research, and when you make soap, you need to use a liquid, and most most soap that you buy at the store is just made with water, but I already had the dairy goats, and I thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put the goat milk in because we were swimming in milk. I had more milk than I knew what to do with. I said, I'll just put the milk in instead of water, and then when I put it in the shower after I had made it, my husband's fingers stopped cracking and splitting, and that was kind of my aha moment, like, okay, I've got something here, but I was still, I wasn't done having kids yet. There were still two more to be born, and so I kind of just... It actually worked out really well because I was able to use those two years to just practice and do all my research and development and figure things out without the pressure of having to make something profitable right away. So, and there is a very, very big difference between I'm going to home make this for my family and my use versus I'm now going to make this a business. I'm going to go sell it. So what was that turning point for you and what had to shift in order for you to start moving in that direction? Well, um, what happened was we had a budget shortfall. So we had some damage <laughs> to our vehicle, you know, the, the necessities, the mother of invention, and, and our vehicle was damaged, and it was like a $9,000 bill, and I thought, oh, okay, i got to do something to, to help offset this bill. And I had just bought ingredients for uh, soap for the family, so it would have been about a year's worth of soap for us. And I thought, oh, I have all this extra soap, I'll just, or ingredients, I'll just make some soap and start to sell it. And it just went crazy. The demand went crazy. Like I said, when my husband's fingers stopped cracking and splitting, I thought, oh, that's really good. But I didn't know at the time how many people have issues with things like eczema and psoriasis. And so when we started getting the soap into their hands, they started telling everybody they knew. And it was immediately, it just started taking off. So, um, but there's a lot in between I made it and the demand was crazy. What what did you actually do? Like you say you say that you sell this on the internet now. So what were some of those pieces that you needed to get ready, like getting a website up, making sure you had the right price for it, making sure you had a merchant account set up, like making sure you had packaging, like all of those little things were are huge and you can't you can't actually sell this stuff until you or you even know where to put it. Like how did you start bringing all that stuff together? Exactly. Okay, so the first thing we had to do is decide on packaging because what your packaging is depends on how you're listing your ingredients, you know, all of those sorts of things. So we wanted something that was a little more flexible. So we decided to go with a cotton drawstring bag. And, you know, there's there's no perfect packaging. There's pluses and minuses with them no matter what you do. But for us, the little kids could put the soap in the drawstring bag, put the little business card in, and pull the string shut. And so even the two-year-old at the time could do that job. And yeah, I mean, she was only good for five or six bars at a time, but it was something that she could grow in. So once we had that, um, I knew that the model I wanted was an internet-based business. With so many kids, with homeschooling the kids, I knew I didn't want to have 
to you know open a storefront or have something where I had a strict schedule. I wanted the flexibility, and so I knew that internet was going to provide me with that. So I put up my own website. I, I taught myself HTML, put up my own website. It was looking back. It was um, pretty horrible, but it did the job. We had you know PayPal buttons on there. People could submit um, payments right over the phone. You know, PayPal is the beginner's friend because you don't have to get into a merchant account. You can just throw up some buttons and see whether people are actually willing to spend money with you. So we did that, but then... You know, it's not just enough to put up a website. You have to figure out how you're going to get people to that website. And there's lots of different ways. A lot of people go out and they try and spend a lot of money to get people to go to their website. And we didn't have a lot of money. So what we decided to do was start with craft fairs. So we would go to like farmer markets and festivals, things like that. We would bring the soap. We would set the soap up. We would bring samples with us. And everybody who walked by would get a sample and a business card. And then we had a newsletter sign up so people could sign up and leave their email. And everything we did was, we obviously liked it when they bought the soap there, but everything was designed to push people back to the website. So that actually took, we did, um, our first year we did uh, like 10 shows. The next year we did 30. The next year we did 50. And now we're down to one. <laughs> so Holy it cow. Was, yeah, it was a crazy year that year we did 50, but that was the year. Um, the, what ended up happening was the business grew so quickly that the children and I really couldn't keep up with it. But if anybody's ever dealt with um, fast growth, it costs so much money to grow quickly. It's I never realized how much it you know success cost, and that for every penny you made, it was all going back in because you had to have ingredients, you had to have you know everything. Then your insurance would go up, and everything just kept, keeps going like that. So it was clearly success, successful, but we didn't we just couldn't keep up with it. So we had to make a decision whether or not to bring my husband on. And I can remember we had this big family meeting. And had everybody at the table, and they were still pretty young, but they're they're pretty opinionated. And we talked about what it would take. You know, we would have to sacrifice. There was going to be no ice cream. There was going to be no shredded cheese on your bean burritos. There was, you know, everything. All those extras, they were going to be gone. And um, we said, but but what that's going to happen is that's going to enable us to bring Daddy home. And so we all, it was a unanimous vote. You know, they kind of coerced the two-year-old and just put raisin in her hand, you know, that she didn't really need ice cream. And um, we decided to take the plunge and bring him home. So that was the year that we knew we had a successful business on our hands, but it wasn't making enough to support us. So that was kind of the scary time. That was the kind of the leap of faith where you were just, okay, we we're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. We're going to give it all. I tell people it's like doubling down. You know, you're just putting everything at risk because you can't just stay static. You can't just say you're either growing or you're shrinking. And to have something that the word of mouth was so crazy and everything was going in the right direction, you had to take that risk. We, I shouldn't say that. We had to take the risk. We felt that it was exactly the way God wanted us to go and everybody was on board and we were willing to do without ice cream for a while. <laughs> oh my gosh. How did you do that? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing that's really interesting to me that we haven't really dug into yet, and I think this is a perfect time to do that. Is that from the get-go, you've had your kids, your eight kids involved in this. And and I didn't realize until now that it wasn't until later that your husband actually came into it full-time. So let's talk about 
how you set up being able to have the kids involved and and using it as a teaching tool for them to learn life lessons, to learn business lessons from the youngest all the way to the oldest. How did you set that up as the leader for the business in this family setting? How did you set that up? Like what? And I'm asking you this because this can directly apply to anyone who has team member, other team members, family or not in their business. What kind of culture did you set up that allowed anyone from two to whatever to learn how to be in the business and make business decisions? Okay, so I have a rule at my house. I call it the youngest person rule. And basically what it says is the youngest person capable of doing the job is the one who does it. So everybody is trained. I will put in hours of my time to train you on something that you are capable of doing so that I can pass it off and hand it off and you are then able to take it. So a lot of people, I think, uh, tend to be very short-sighted. You know, I can do this better. I can do this faster. You know, both business people and parents. You know, yes, it takes a lot of effort and time to train that person, to follow up on that person, to be with them as they're learning. But if you can invest that time and have that longer-term view, over time, you're able to accomplish so much more than if you said, well, I can just do it all myself better and faster. Wow. I totally agree with you. And I, my secondary question is, is do your kids earn commission, salary? Are they earning part of the profits of the company? And, or how did you set up a compensation or some sort of incentive for them? Okay, so my kids all earn a salary. They have from the very beginning. The oldest five who, um, let's see, the youngest three right now are 10, 8, and 7. So they are considered dependents. The older five are all independents because they make enough money. They declare their own taxes. They do all of that on their own. Now, because of the way our business is set up, um, we recently, we outgrew our, our initial place. So we just bought a 36-acre farm, built a new house, a new soap room, a new barn. Um, we're getting ready to build a new building. And the children have all been involved in that construction. So they all know what interest payments are and whatnot. So they will put a lot of their money back into the business to fuel that future growth. But that's something that each of them makes the decision on what they're doing. Um, we've also just recently um, started setting up their uh, individual retirement accounts. So now they're all putting money to into an IRA for their future. So yeah, they, they get all of that. They're, they're treated just like regular employees. That's awesome. Vacation. Yeah. They don't get <laughs> well, that's, that actually leads me to the next question, which is this is a very all encompassing business. I mean, you know, not only do you live where you work, but you work with who you live with. How do you how do you take a break from that? Like, what do you do that actually allows you to go and recharge somewhere else or in some other mindset? Yeah, so I lied. We actually do take vacations. We take very good <laughs> vacations. We get away. I try to get away at least three times a year, and we take two-week vacations because the hardest part is to get out. The hardest part is to get a family of 10 packed, to get people to cover milking goats, to get everybody you know, situated in the soap room without us. And so because of that, we just go for two weeks because we really do work 24-7. We have dairy goats. They're milked twice a day. When it's kidding season, you know, we'll have probably 60 to 70 baby goats born this year. So for two months, that's all we do. You know, we're up half the time in the middle of the night delivering goats. 
So I really try and compensate for that with the time away because I want goat milk stuff to be something that the children on their own want to still be a part of. So I make sure that even though there are times like, you know, the holiday seasons when it gets crazy, we go away in January for two weeks right before kidding season starts in February. So we try to keep it balanced. And then additionally, even though we're here 24 seven and there's always something to do, we actually have a lot of flexibility within that because there's nothing saying, you know, other than milking the goats, that it has to be done at this exact time. So if it's a beautiful day and we want to go out and play a game of baseball, as long as the goats are milked and fed and the internet orders are packaged and ready to go, we can take the afternoon off and go and play baseball. So there's that kind of flexibility too because we're the boss, because we're an internet-based business. Very cool. Okay, so internet. Let's talk internet marketing. You're an internet-based business. You told us a little bit before about how you actually started getting people going to your website and getting that visible. What do you do now? All of these years later, you you know, you know, were telling me before you have a staff of four full-time. In addition to the 10, um, you have a couple part-time people. You're a seven-figure business. I mean, that's a different scale of getting people to your website. So what kind of strategies are you using now to get sales or get people looking at your website? So this sounds kind of crazy, but we haven't really done any paid advertising. Um, you know, we'll we'll get the free coupons for, you know, a $100 Yelp <laughs> advertising, you know, and we'll mess around with that and whatnot. But we really haven't put anything into that. Most of our strategy is word of mouth. Um, most of it is excellent customer service. We have found that, you know, it, you just go above and beyond what people expect, whether they deserve it or not, whether they're mean to you, nice to you, and that comes back almost always in a positive. Um, we do a lot on social media. We're very active on social media. We share just about all aspects of our lives on there. There's, we don't keep very many secrets or, or hide anything. Um, I have a blog. I had a podcast for a while. Um, I just recently took a break from that because um, it was just too crazy. I just couldn't, couldn't do it all. So at some point, I hope to go back to that. Um, a lot of content marketing, trying to answer the questions that people uh, are, are asking, you know, I, I can be very opinionated on some things. So it's very easy for me to, you know, to, to put that opinion on, on my blog and people will come there and find that and ask questions about that. And then really, um, we work hard to keep our newsletter list strong, our email list. That's something that any internet business has got to have. A healthy email list is, is, is essential. So we do a lot to, um, you know, get right, the newsletter out goes out the first of the month every time so people can expect it. If something happens and it doesn't go out to the second, I get emails. What happened? Where is it? Did I miss it? So it goes out on the first of every month, whether that's New Year's Day or whatnot. It goes out so people know that we have that consistency. And we always put a special in the newsletter so people get excited to open it. And we put, you know, family photos and what's going on with the goats and stuff. So it's really just more that social stuff than, you know, advertising because, what we have found is our soap makes a difference in people's lives. There are so many, and I didn't realize this before I started. I just wanted something healthy. And we have a lot of customers who they just want, you know, they don't want the chemicals on their skin. They don't want all those. But so many people out there, they can't handle scented products. They, you know, have kids that are scratching with eczema. And our soap works. You know, I don't promise that it works for everybody, but it works for a lot of people. And so for us, 
the fact that our soap solves a problem, you know, you'll hear that a lot, you know, what problem does your product solve? Our soap solves a product and one that people will tell everybody else about. So if you can get your customers talking about your product to other people, that's the best form of advertising because they will sell your, your items for you. Would you spend $20 to bring $40 back into your business? How about spending $1,000 to get $3,000 back into your business? Let's be honest, the most savvy entrepreneurs know that marketing has to be part of their business plan. The key is to execute marketing strategies that actually work. And that's where Postcard Mania comes in. Postcard Mania is a full-service marketing company that uses statistics from their over 60,000 clients to create targeted marketing campaigns that actually produce results for you. I sat down with the founder and CEO of Postcard Mania, Joy Jandusa, who just happened to be the guest on my very first show, and asked her why she does it. What what impact do you want to have on this world? I want to set a good example. You know, I want. I definitely just feel like I want to set a good example. I want people to realize they can do it. I'm no rocket scientist. I'm I'm smart. I'm definitely smart, but I'm a high school dropout. I mean, basically, I'm self educated. So I just want I just want to set a good example and and live a good life and inspire people. Joy totally rocks, and so does Postcard Mania. Get started today with a thousand free postcards. Go to postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. What's been one of the toughest moments in your business? Honestly, um, employees has been the, the most difficult thing for me. We have had a lot of trouble, and I, I want to say that my team that I have now, I love, we're, we're, we finally, I think, have figured it out, but I couldn't for the longest time find people who would work as hard as my 10-year-old, Wow! and that was really problematic. I just thought that people would care about my customers as much as I did. You know, I didn't expect them to go above and beyond the way I do, but I expected them to be a part of the team. And they weren't. And that I really struggled with for a long time. And how do you motivate the people to be a part of the team? And kind of what I realized was you can't. You can, there's, there's people out there who they just don't care. They just want to come in. They want their paycheck. They want to do as little bit as possible. And they want to go home. And when you start to bring in people, you have to find the people who are internally motivated. Because if you have people who are internally motivated, then you can get them excited about your product and your business. But you can't give that internal motivation to someone if they don't already have it. Hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, Throughout all of these years and, and all the different iterations of your business and all the different ways that you've grown, what's one of the biggest ways that you have evolved as a businesswoman? You know, I have always been a good delegator, so that wasn't um, obviously big... with with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the eight little ones to be able to delegate yeah. to. You better be good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of small business people they start and they have a really hard time letting go. I'm I'm great at pushing it off and starting <laughs> and starting new. I am a dreamer. I love to dream about the next new thing and the next new product we're going to do and what we're going to roll out. Um, I think probably learning to communicate that part to others has been something that I've I've had to to work on because in my head it makes perfect sense and I can see you know all the steps that are coming and everybody else just kind of looks at me and says wait we're doing what <laughs> you know and so having to kind of build that um, that legwork and that that 
blueprint so that everybody is on board with me at the beginning has been something that I've, I've tried to work on better, that communication piece. Very cool. PJ, what advice would you give to anyone who has a product similar to yours, meaning some something that they have made with their own hands, something that they've created, um, and, and they've sat at home and have put everything together on their kitchen counter, and they've been doing that for weeks, months, maybe years, and they want to grow. Like, What advice would you give to those people? So you have to figure out a way to find out what your customers want. Okay, because it's not enough to have a product that you love. It's not enough for it to be something that you know works great for your family and you you just think is the greatest thing ever. It actually has to have a market. And you have to like for us it was going to the craft fairs. We could put the soaps out there and we could watch people and see which one they picked up, what they you know, how they reacted. The number of people went goat soup. You know, <laughs> like no, not soup, soap. You know? <laughs> but getting that that interaction is what's essential for you to figure out how to meet your customer needs because it's not a matter of sitting at your table and enjoying the act of creating. Okay, there's a lot of people out there who they just you know, oh, I love to sew and I just want to sit here and I want to sew and and you know, my family loves my homemade things that I sew. You have to figure out how to market that. And to figure out how to market that, you have to figure out what your customers actually want. Mm, I think that's brilliant. I was talking to somebody today about, um, you know, being able to get feedback from your customers and, and um, you know, be able to let that guide you. And I was saying, but you have to start with something. Like, you have to start with a vision and something that you believe in and maybe this product that, you know, just brings so much joy to you. Do, doesn't everyone want it? Because if you don't at least start with something, you can't put it out there and then see what everyone thinks about it and then move around and then figure out what where people are really going to gobble it up, you know? Yes, always just start. Always just start. Don't sit there and try and make it perfect because you know what? You can't do that because what's perfect for one customer isn't perfect for another one. And what's perfect for you may not be perfect for me. So just start. But you have to believe in it. You have to be excited because I can't tell you the number of craft fairs we've gone to where people are just sitting in their booth, staring at their phone. You know, they don't try and, and get excited and get people excited about their product. So, yes, just start and then and then go from there. Love it. What is your next evolution of your business? What What are you excited about? I'm so excited. Okay, so you know, I named it Goat Milk Stuff. That was that was what I named the business, and we started with the Goat Milk Soap. Okay, so we started with Goat Milk Soap for a few reasons. Number one, because I had an incredible bar of soap; it was what we made. Um, and number two, because my children were still young. And number three, because it doesn't have a whole lot of regulation as long as you don't do things to make it a cosmetic, which we don't. But we have always done so much more with the goat milk. And so we actually, next week, we have a meeting with our city to get approval on a certified kitchen. And we're going to break ground, hopefully, in the next couple weeks on a certified kitchen. And the first step is going to be um, goat milk candy. So things like goat milk caramel, goat milk fudge, um, things like that as we kind of get into the food market and learn um, how that works. Because obviously, food's much different than a bath and body product but the ultimate goal is to get into cheese because that is what my customers want they want goat milk cheese and so that is um, this new building that's going up is going to have both a candy kitchen and a cheese kitchen and I just am so excited to get you know to just get moving in that direction 
That's awesome. You said something there that I, I re, you said something there that I really want to dig into. You said because that's what my customers want. I would imagine over all these years and in, in in all of your communication back and forth with your customers, how, what is one of the most unique ways that you have found that promotes amazing engagement with your customers? And like, what unique things are you doing there? Okay, so I um, talked earlier about my newsletter list. So on my newsletter, when you sign up and I send up your follow-up email, I always ask my customer or ask the people who sign up what they're struggling with. And I get just incredible responses. And to me, everybody who responds is a person. They took the time um, to respond to me, and I'm not going to give them just a form email back. Oh, thanks for responding. You know, I oftentimes will pray for some because some of them are having some really their health struggles or just lost somebody. But in getting into those conversations, you start to learn what really is driving people, why they found you, why they stay with you, especially if you have a product like ours that um, is consumable and and people purchase over and over because there's lots of other goat milk soaps out there. And and I never take it for granted that people are going to stick with using mine. Um, But you have to take that, that time to open up and respond to people because if you give them that chance to talk to you there are so many people out there who are just so hungry for human connection you know like i said we're an internet business but we do take orders over the phone and um we will get these you know elderly women who will call and talk to us for an hour and you will get their whole life story and it's funny because um my daughter you know would would get a little you know i got stuff to do and whatnot i said you know what this is the highlight of their day. This is someone to interact with, and this is your chance to really serve someone, not because you're getting anything out of it, but just because that person needs some human interaction. And it's amazing, you know, how, you know, sometimes, yes, sometimes you do get a little tired of it. I'm not saying that. But if you open it up, I have some of the most amazing conversations just doing that with people who just wanted to order one bar of soap and ended up talking to me for 45 minutes. I love that. I, I, that's a great takeaway because I think sometimes as business people and as knowing that we need to market, it's all about this push stuff. And you you do that so well. I don't know if that's if that's always picked up, but you do that very well as you open yourself up for those conversations. And that's why people stick with you. So that's amazing. Thank you for, for uh, sharing some of that stuff. Um, I want to go ahead and now transition into the favorite five. Are you ready? All right, I think so. <laughs> okay, so I, I warned you about this one. What is your favorite business book? Okay, so my favorite business book is very unusual. Most people wouldn't consider it a business book. But this past summer, we went down to the Biltmore Estates. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. So it is the largest private home in America. It's in Asheville, North Carolina. And I picked up this book while I was down there. It's called Lady on the Hill, and it's the story of the Biltmore. But it was fascinating to me as a business owner because this family did what nobody else could do they were getting they figured out how to get visitors during you know <laughs> times when Walt Disney World couldn't get you know visitors and they figured out how to take this you know, white elephant that was just a drain on the family and turn it into a profitable business that employs something like 7,000 people now to keep the Biltmore going. What they have done, they, you know, they, everybody thought that their dairy farm, which is kind of funny, they had cows, we have goats, but was going to be the lifeblood. And it wasn't the, the guy who saved it started a winery. And this winery is what is what saved it. And it was just an amazing look at 
how it can be done in something that wasn't set out to be a business book. So I highly recommend it. It was a great, great read. Lady on the Hill. Okay, and don't forget that will be in the show notes for this. You'll have a direct link to get that book. Um, Okay, question number two is, what is your favorite thing to do in your business? You're, you're, you know, you're saying you're very good at delegating everything, but what's your absolute favorite thing to do in your business? So that's really easy. If kidding season is my favorite and we can just hang out in the barn and, you know, deliver baby goats and we actually bottle raise our baby goats because they're much healthier that way. And so you have to give them their first bottle and carry them around and name them. And so that's, you know, in the, in the barn, hanging out in the barn during those times is, is by far my favorite thing. But I actually, in the soap room, really enjoy pulling orders. And the reason I do that is because I get to see what people are buying and when they buy this, what what else do they buy with it? You know, are they buying one bar? Are they buying half a bar? Are they buying a travel bar? Are they sending it to other people? And that really keeps me grounded as to what's popular. And we have a place on when people place an order where they say where they first heard about us and um, they also can put notes. So reading those notes, I get a lot of information about what's working and what isn't so that I can make changes and make sure we're going in the direction our customers want. Love that. Awesome answer. Okay. Number three is what is your favorite way to goof off with your kids and your husband? Okay. So I am notoriously goofy. Um, Most people don't, don't realize that, but I will, you know, Everybody thinks my kids are perfect, and they are far from perfect. They've been <laughs> normal siblings. They get on each other's nerves. And if what I have found is if everybody wakes up on the wrong side of bed, the only way to break that is to just completely goof off and be silly. So I will just start breakdancing, or I will get up on top of the table and call everybody to me. And, and just anything that, you know, and we don't go out because, like I said, we don't, you know, we stay mostly on the farm. There's so much to do here and there's so much fun to have here. But just we do a lot of dancing and we'll go, you know, outside and, okay, let's all go run down to the creek and go hang out in the creek for a little bit. Just anything to kind of break it up and change the direction of the day. I love that. Awesome. I'm going to start that from now on. If I wake up on the wrong side of the, the bed, I'm just going to start breakdancing. <laughs> You know, and if you do it on top of the kitchen table, you'd be amazed at how <laughs> nobody can stay mad when you start doing that. It's it's really a, a cure-all, I think. That's very true. I like that. Okay, number four, um, what is your favorite thing to do to get alone time? You are super integrated with your entire family for everything. So how do you get away for you? So two things. Either I read. I love to read. Um, and I do do a lot of business reading, but there comes a time when I just pick up a trash novel, you know, just a stupid fiction, absolutely no literary merit, not going to learn anything from it just to escape. I like happy endings. I don't want anything, you know, no Nicholas Sparks for me. I want a happy ending. And um, the other thing I do is yoga. So I will go um, down either in my room or in the workout room and just breathe. I don't like yoga that you know is designed for the super active weight loss i just like the kind where you just lie on the ground and breathe for (laughs) half an hour and just relax and those between the two of those that really helps keep the stress down love that it's usually uh they they usually do like that little little meditation at the last 10 15 minutes of yoga class or whatever i i like pass out every single time i fall asleep Uh, yeah, we did. We just did as a family. We worked out. And we just did P90X3, which is a really intense workout. And there's a yoga in there. And the last of it is Shavasana, 
which is where you do you just lie on your back and you breathe. And the kids, whenever they're doing it, they turn the lights off. They set the timer. <laughs> they're like, nobody come downstairs. We're shavasnaing. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay. The last question is, what is a trick that you have for keeping calm in what can potentially be a lot of chaos just in the amount of people that are working in your business and the nature of your business itself and just life in general? What is one of your tricks that you have for keeping calm? So I go by the motto that anybody can be filming me (laughs) at any time. Anybody can be taking a picture. Anybody can be looking in. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I find most people behave very differently in front of strangers or customers than they do in front of their family and their employees. So when I can keep in mind, and and I'll tell you how I learned this. This is kind of funny. So at our, our original house, the soap room, um, you had to go out the back door into the soap room. So I um, went out the back door and the little area was all messed up. And I told Graydon that he needed to clean it. And I went out to the soap room and I came back a few minutes later and it wasn't. And I yelled on the top of my lungs, Graydon, Luke, you get over here right now. Just as my daughter came around the corner with the telephone and said, um, Mom, there's a customer for you. <laughs> so she had heard the whole thing, me screaming there and whatnot. And I just realized, you know what? especially in today, I mean, how many of us butt dial and we've got someone, you know, that we can even know on the phone. And so, and it's terrible that we don't do that internally if it's just our kids or our husband or whatnot. But if you really realize that really at any time, anybody could be listening and could capture that on film, it kind of helps you keep your cool a little bit. At least it does for me. I'm going to call that like the paparazzi plague, you know, like you can... <laughs> Like really keeping in mind, like, okay, if any, if somebody else were listening in on this, what, what kind of person do I want to be in this situation? Exactly. Cause you just never know when someone's got their, you know, their phone on you. That's a really, that's very unique and, um, and you know, definitely effective. That's really great. I love it. PJ, I really want to thank you so much for this conversation. I learned so much in this conversation. I just really appreciate you being so open about it all. So big congratulations in your business. It's no wonder that you have had the success and the growth that you've had. And uh, I just really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Katie. This was awesome. I'm really glad we could do it. Oh my gosh, I officially love PJ. She was so awesome and so gracious with her business experience and lessons and information. So I hope you got a lot out of that as I did. Some of my favorite little pieces that she had said was um, this idea. She made some sort of a side comment about using PayPal for any beginner just to get started, just to see and get a proof of concept and see that it works. And that really led into the other nugget, which was um, going out there, but really figuring out what your customer wants. For her, that was getting out at all the... um, Uh, at all the local markets and really being able to see what her customers responded to and liked so she could, you know, figure out um, how to build from there on out. Um, and, And getting in line and most especially, biggest nugget of all was how and why to really engage with your customer, how to create a space where they can engage well with you so that they become and stay loyal to you. Loved what she does, just opening up that conversation about what are you struggling with and 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 giving back to that conversation in a very authentic way. So I just loved it. Applicable to any business. You do not have to be in the goat milk business in order for this to really work for you. 
So, um, man, I loved it. Go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 142 to get all the links of everything that we talked about in this show. And let me know in the comments there what you thought and, and if something really resonated with you and what takeaway you got from it. And most importantly, always most importantly, put this stuff to work for you. Take a little piece of this and go put it into action. That's how things get done. She said it too, and this is a mantra of mine. Just get moving. Just move. Just go forward. Obviously, she got me all riled up. I love it. I hope you're having an awesome day. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. And uh, I'll see you on the next episode. PJ, I'm officially breakdancing right now. Ha, ha, ha.